Hi, hello everybody. So we're getting started. I do not own the rights to this music. I'm not gaining anything from it. But it is written by Karen Hawthorne and it's called Won't God Do It. Y'all come on. Come on in. trust him at all times you gotta trust God at all times we're gonna go ahead and get started I'm still trying to give some of you an opportunity to come on to come on in um, and put this on no no have a seat cuz they're about to have service and so um, y'all if y'all start hearing a lot of music we um, we had we let our we let um, sorry 
Play. Play. Okay, so for some reason I'm playing. Okay, so we let our we let um another ministry. Hey, hey, evangelist Tina, won't he do it? Yes. Hello everybody. Come on. I'm having some technical difficulties and I'm not understanding what's happening. Okay, there we go. Okay, so not only that, it's like something's going on. But anyway, we're gonna move forward. I'm not gonna hold you long. Um, and so those of you who are tuning in, share this to your pages. Invite some people in that you know that um, need help with their marriage. They want their marriage strengthened, healed, delivered, set free. Whatever, whatever is going on, whatever is happening. Um, hey, Sister Tiffany, so good to see you on here again. Woman of God, prophetess. Hey, um, minister, lady, friend. I know you're like, why does she do that? I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know why I do it. Let me just say, I don't know why I do it. I do it because I'm happy. <laughs> okay, again, thank you all for tuning in. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I am Pastor uh, Serena Holloway. This is When I Do, Turns Into I Don't, The Wows of the Vows, Marriage Ministry. I do premarital counseling. I do individually counseling. And I do marriage counseling. Amen. And so, um... Again, God had given me this ministry back in um, 2016 when I was about to be out of my, my marriage for the second time um, because of some things that were happening. And But this time, um, instead of me running off and spreading it to everybody else, this time I took it to God and I took it to God in prayer um, because this time around I wanted to do what was right. I wanted to make sure that... Um, this time I was going to get the, the right thing that I needed, right? So, you know, a lot had took a place, a lot had happened. But I thank God that I, I heed to his voice. I thank God that I obeyed the word. And I thank God for the friends that we had at the time um, in that season that was able to give us what we needed for such a time as this, right? So I'm so glad. And I thank you all for tuning in. I thank you for following me as I'm following the Lord. Hey, Evangelist Cynthia. So good to see you on here, woman of God. So, you know, um, this is something that I love. I love preaching the gospel. I love teaching the gospel. I love living for God. I, I love God so much that um, I don't take his word for granted. I don't take him for granted. I faced death. And in the midst of me facing death, I was facing hell. Do y'all understand me? Do y'all hear me? So when I say that I thank God, hey, uh, Lady Carmika, so good to see you, woman of God. So when I say, you know, I don't, I don't play around with the Word of God. I don't play around with God at all. I try my best to stay on the path that He has, um, that He has provided for me on, or whatever journey that I'm on. I, I give my total life to the Lord. He is my life. God is not just the head of my life. He is my life. And so I just, I thank God for those who reaches out, reaches out to me. I thank God who, you know, texts me or, or calls me or inbox me. It does my heart good. I'm grateful. I'm humble. And I thank God for it because God wants to get the glory out of my story. So I know that God wants to get the glory out of your story. And whatever that you may have, you can help somebody else or whatever that you may need, somebody has it. Amen. So if it's just that one that needs to be healed, just that one that needs to be blessed, just that one that needs a touch from the Lord, we're going to get it through the word of God. Amen. So I thank you all again for tuning in. And it's coming from Kay Daigle. She wrote this book, God's Purpose for Building Your Marriage. Um, I'm sorry, God's Design for Building Your Marriage. And I'm so glad and I'm so honored 
to be able to to teach uh, um, a great lesson to wise women. And you know, it's weird how she got on the Bible on the bottom. On the bottom, it says a study for wise women. And you know, and it's crazy when I read it. Every time I see that, it's because you have to understand that all of us are not wise. Some of us make some really bad decisions, and some the Bible tells us that the um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction, right? And so that's what happens. Is everything okay? I told him that there was people in the sanctuary, and he had to wait. Unless you're going to go upstairs. I am, but I'm just saying. Okay, all right, guys. I told y'all I might get some little interruptions getting started because, like I said, we got some guests using our 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 our, our, um, our building. And so, hey, Amanda, good to see you. So now, with no further ado, we're gonna go ahead and get far. We're gonna go ahead and get started. I'm gonna say we're gonna get farted, <laughs> but I meant to say we're gonna get started, right? So, Lord God, I thank you for another opportunity. I come to you just as humble as I know how. No other way but through Jesus Christ. Lord God, I thank you for um, allowing the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be acceptable as I said, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Lord God, I ask you to cover those that are watching publicly and cover those that are watching privately. So God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this lesson. I thank you for the resources that you have given us in this world, Lord God, that we can use it for your glory, for your work to do ministry, to build the kingdom, to reach souls, God. So God, I thank you and I bless your name and I glorify you and able to Father Son and the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name I pray. And we all say amen. Amen. So we're gonna go ahead and get started. So you should have your y'all know me. You should have your Bibles, you should have your pencils, you should have your, your notepads, right? So that you can um so that you can um take um notes, right? Okay, so we're gonna go ahead right now, get in here. There we go. Alright, so let me move this out of the way because I don't want that to be a distraction. All right. So last night I told you all that for homework you were to go back and read, um, reread um, Genesis chapter 1 and 1 and Genesis chapter 2, 25 through 28. And you were to reread Genesis 3, 1 through 19. And I pray that you all did that. I pray that you all read it. I pray that you all read it and um, followed through with it. And the, the last question that I asked on last night was the fractured relationship between husband and wife is first seen in Genesis 3 and 12. So the question was, how do you see this change in Adam's attitude towards his wife? Well, the, his attitude was to blame God for God creating her for him. And so... He didn't take any responsibility. That's that's that's. I'm, I'm just saying that's how I read into it. That's what I got out of it. And so many times in marriages or in relationships, we we, we don't we don't we tend to blame. We we tend to do more blaming others instead of taking self blame. That means we don't take responsibility for the actions that we did, or we don't take responsibility or accountability, or we don't hold ourselves accountable for the parts that we played in. And so we, it's not about, well, I did this because they did that. No, you're responsible. As an individual, you are responsible for what you say, for how you act, for where you go. So yes, God created Eve for Adam, but the commandment was given to Adam not to eat the fruit you know, from this tree in the garden, Adam's, I'm sure, told Eve the same thing. And Eve got herself caught up with the serpent. She went to her husband, calls him to eat. And so God passed judgment on the serpent, Adam, and Eve. So 
he didn't hold back any consequences. All three of them were um, were spoken to by God, right? So I asked y'all to read on last night, Genesis uh, chapter 4. And so, and the key verse to that was verse 7. But I want to go ahead and read Genesis chapter 4 right now. So you all just follow, just follow with me. Amen. So, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? And verse 7 says, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Mean, Cain killed Abel. So, verse 9 says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? And Cain said, I don't know where he's at. Am I my brother's keeper? Verse 10 said, And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now are you cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy ground. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her, her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, Thou hast driven me out of this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall kill me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord, and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Can you imagine that husband and wife, you are married and you're responsible for each other's well-being. You're responsible for what they say, how they act. But so many times, some of us wives or some of us husbands will sit back and say, well, I ain't got anything to do with that. That has nothing to do with me. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. You are. When you become married, you're no longer two. You're one. So the responsibility falls on the both of you. Consequences falls on the both of you. Because James 4 and 17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do right or to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. 
So it ain't even about just doing right. If you know to do right and you don't do it, you're held responsible just as well as what you know or what you didn't say. So if you know that something is wrong, you should speak to it. If you know that things are not coming to where they need to be, you need to speak to it. You don't allow somebody to do wrong because the first thing you say is, that ain't, that, that ain't me. I don't have anything to do with that. But you do. Because you're, when you get married, you're no longer two. You're one. So you're responsible for one another. Right? So K. Daigle says, Sin is trying to overtake and master Cain. Using that same understanding of the word desire, God is saying in Genesis 3 and 16 that because of sin, women will attempt to usurp leadership from the husband. Basically, we wives want to take over. If you are like me, you see this every day in your own life and in the lives of others. God's original design was for the husband and the wife to work in complete unity as the husband led and as the wife assisted in all they did. Sin marred that and we women no longer accept our God-given role. In fact, the, uh, the New International Translation Bible translate 316D this way. You will want to control your husband. Now, the NET version says in, in Genesis 3 and 16 that you will want to control your husband. And there are, there are a lot of women that are in this world today that controls their husband. And I'm going to say it. You're out of order. It is not your job as the wife to control your husband. You are the assistant. You are the rib. You are the helpmeet. You are the, the original design. You were, you were created for the original design to be a helpmeet for your husband. Not to control him. Not to bully him, not to mistreat him, not to mishandle him, not to treat him as if he is nothing, not to treat him as if he's your child. It is your responsibility as a wife to give what is needed. The password with Wi-Fi. Okay, yeah. And so that's what you have to understand. But so many times, listen, I found myself doing it a lot, and I have to also check myself. Now listen, and let me say this. The spirit of control is in the category of a Jezebel. I'm just going to say that. Just going to put that out there. Um, I think it's DW. Y'all hold on one second. I don't think that's right. I think it's 3702. 3702. DK, that's it. So the DK is either going to be in the front or it's going to be in the back. DK? Yes, DK. I apologize, you guys. Sorry. So, you know, but here's the thing. A lot of us women don't want to hear that. We don't. Bless you, Providence Kiana. A lot of us wives, we don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that. But let me, let me show you something. Let me show you how that how that is true in the word. Matthew 19. Let me go to Matthew chapter 19 because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna show you in the word. Matthew 19 verse 12 says this. 
For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb, and there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men, and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. So the, in Revelation it says, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what thus saith the Lord. But what happens is, if we don't hear it, it's only because we don't want to receive it. We only receive what we believe. We only apply what we receive to believe how the healing is going to take place. So if I'm telling you that the, the, that, that spirit of control is a Jezebel spirit, then go research it. Research it. It's in the Word of God. It's in Google. It's online. It's wherever you need to read it at. If you have a spirit of control to where you want to control your husband and you want to boss him around and you want to lead your house and you are leading your house and he's a husband, he's a lead, he's a man, especially if he's a man of God and you're not following his lead. If Listen, if he's following, and I said this on yesterday and I'm not going to stay too much here. I'm not going to stay right here too long. But I said this on yesterday. If your husband doesn't have certain abilities, to learn how to do things, you still don't have a right to boss him around. You still don't have the authority to be the head. You are the helpmeet. You are the assistant. You are to help push him into that area that he needs to be in. You are to help assist him to learn how to balance a checkbook. You are to assist him. And I'm not saying treat him like a child. That's not what I said. You don't treat him like a child. You don't raise him as a child. You're not his mother. You are his wife. Excuse me. You are his wife. You are the rib. You are his helpmeet. The, the assistant. <coughs> a wise woman builds her house. But a foolish woman tears it down with her hands. You, if you're not giving your husband the opportunity to lead, then if he's not learning how to lead, then you're not helping. I'm going to say that again. If you're not helping him to have the ability to lead, you're not helping. He is the head. He's the man. You're the woman. Help him. Assist him in learning how to pay a bill. Assist him washing clothes, changing the child. Making sure he's getting what he's need. Assist him in those areas. Don't make, don't belittle him. Don't make him feel like he's not a man. And then you go out here and you mad and angry with him. And then you go out here and you try to obey somebody else's husband. You're out of order. Period. And how, and how can I speak to that? Because I was that woman trying to control my husband. But because my husband was in the word of God, he, he is a man of God, he followed the word of God, he didn't let me just run all over him, but when he would go hard on me, I would go harder. But he stood on the word of God. And you know what, the only people that's going to get mad at this message is those who are controlling their husband and making them feel like they're less than. The only ones going to get mad at this, mad at this or don't want to listen is those who don't want to be uh, humble, who doesn't have the spirit of humility. I'm, 20, I'm 28 years in this relationship. I'm 27 years in this marriage. And I'm telling you the first 10 years of my marriage was hell. And it was hell not just because of my husband, but also because of me. Those are facts. That's truth. And so when I'm trying to help other women 
to understand what they need and how they need to do it. I'm not trying to put you down. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm trying to give you the word of God. I'm trying to show you in the word. It's the, the order. Let me, let me show y'all this again. Let me help some of you out. Let me show you the biblical order of the family. It's right here. Christ, husband, wife, children. The husband is to protect the family, lead the family, provide for the family. The wife is to comfort, teach, nurture. Children, she is to teach the children how to love the parents, obey the parents. And yes, it does seem like the wife has a whole lot to do. The husband's job is to protect, provide, and lead. Protect, provide, and lead. And let me tell y'all something. Let me say this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. My husband was not in that place. He wasn't paying all the bills. He wasn't keeping a job. He wasn't doing what he needed to do as a man, as a husband. As a, I wasn't going to let him lead nothing. You ain't going to lead me. You ain't going to lead my kids. You can't even keep a job. How you going to try to pay some bills and you can't even keep a job? How you going to try to pay the bills and you don't know how to handle no money? How you going to pay the bills and you don't know how to do this? You don't to, I made him feel like less than. Even though he, listen, married, living, single lives. He was paying, he was saying he was having his own little money. I was having my own little money. He made his money. I made my money. I took care of my kids, the three that I had. He took care of the two that he had. We was divided in our own house. And a house that is divided, divided will not stand. You can't be married and live single lives. You can't be married and have separate decisions, separate choices, separate rules, separate regulations. Live separate lives. You can't. Well, you can, but you're out of order if you do. Those are facts. If you let, oh Lord have mercy, I feel, I feel this thing shifting. If you marry somebody and this dude ain't keeping a job before you marry them, trust me when I say they're going to struggle keeping a job after you get married. So don't get mad when you marry them the way that they are. That's what counseling is all about. I'm not saying that you wait for each other to be perfect and then you get married. That's not what I'm saying. Thank God. But I said this when I did, when I did the, 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 um, when I did the teachings on um, know who before you say I do, I, I, and, I, and I stand on this analogy. If you're dating someone for a year and there's no changes, and I mean zero, none, zilch, nada, nothing, walk away, move on. Don't you marry him. Don't you waste your time. If there's no change in that year, you're going to set yourself up for failure. I'm trying to tell you. But in that year, if there is some change, and even they're struggling in that change, they may change and do good for one a little minute, and they may fall back. They may get a good change in there for like a month or two, and they may fall back, but change is still happening. Then you know what? Then let me say, then you can ask the Lord to give you some patience. Help them in those areas. Preparing for marriage. Preparing for the relationship. Both of you are working together. You're working on your flaws. You're working on your issues. You're working on your struggles. But y'all are doing it together. But if you're the only one working, if you're the only one trying to put something to death, walk away. Don't stay in that. Because see, it immediately you will get that, that mind mentality, it'll change after we get married. Things will get better after we get married. The devil is a lie. I'm telling you, it's not. 
I'm, I'm being so honest with you. It's not. And then after you get after you get married, and a year's in, a two years in, three years in, four years in, five years in, six years in, fifteen years now is in nothing. And under out of fifteen years, only five changes. You put all that time and attention in there, nothing is happening. Yeah, I, I'm serious. So what happens? You get a divorce. You're now in divorce. You say, I'm not going to get into that relationship anymore. I'm just going to date. And do, you do this. So you date somebody for three, four, five years. You're just dating. And all of a sudden, you get married. Nothing changed. Get divorced. You remarry. So now you're married for the second time. So then you think things is changing. Things is happening. Nothing. So you look up. You're divorced. Um, ding, ding, ding. Look. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. It's not them. It may be you. I'm just saying. See, and here's the thing. Because, see, it's control. She just, listen. Kay Daigle just said it. You will want to control your husband. And there are just some men in this world. You're not going to control them. You're not going to tell them what to do. You're not going to be their mama. You're not going to, you, you just not. And what happens? You're hitting the wall. Nothing is happening. Who gets frustrated? You. Now who's angry? You. Now who's going through? You. Because. Now, thank you Holy Spirit. Now let me say this. I know this to be a fact. There are some women and men that will show you they are, they are the perfect creatures in the whole entire world. You don't see no wrong. You don't see no mistakes. What you see in that year is this. And then after you get married, the wig comes off. The, the, the mask comes off. The heels comes off. And the attitude comes on. And you just look like, oh my God. Who am I married to? Because this is not the chick that I married. This is not the dude that I married. I don't know where he went. I don't know where she went. But uh, I done been set up. Now that happens. I know that to be facts. That happens. What do you do then? How do you handle it? Where do you go? Who do you see? Right? I'm telling you, it's crazy. It's so crazy. Because we really don't understand what has taken place. D Jacob. Jabari. So what happens is we find ourselves so messed up. Jacob, tell Stefan I said, come here. We find ourselves so messed up and not understanding what's happening. So what happens next? We just don't know what to do. Like at all. Like, we just don't know what to do. Like, at all. So, listen. you just been bamboozled. Yes, you have just been bamboozled. Can you do me a favor? Can you check on Stefan? His homework was only like, he only had to work a paragraph for homework. And it has been almost 40 minutes. Huh? Yeah, I'm about through. And so, um, I, I do apologize, you guys. But I'm trying to handle three things like at one time. So, listen. We've been bamboozled. And when we become bamboozled, 
our feelings are hurt, our spirit is crushed, and we really don't understand what to do, where to go, how to handle it, or none of that. But in that, when we have a relationship with the Lord, we got to trust God. We can't, we can't run away from who we are. We, we just can't. So listen, the second question was, do you sense that desire in yourself? It is a, it is a consequence of sin. The question here, well, what she asked for you to do, and what I asked for you to do, write a prayer asking God to help you recognize this and give you the grace and power to overcome it. If you find yourself controlling your husband, you are to write a prayer asking God to help you recognize if you are trying to control your husband. And then ask God in prayer to give you the grace and power to overcome it. Some things is a struggle, especially if we've been doing it for so long, right? So in Genesis 3.16, God also tells Adam that he will rule over his wife. There has been disagreement about the interpretation of the word rule of the husband in Genesis 3.16. Some believe this suggests that because of sin, he will be a despot in the home and lord it over his wife. The NET Bible translates it as dominant. It is obvious that the self-centeredness of sin does lead to this type of sinful behavior, but the verse does not necessarily imply that rule must be this way. The word rule, I'm sorry, the word for rule here is also used of God in Psalms 22:28 and of the sun and moon, Genesis 1, 16 and 18, this leads to the possibility that God is simply reaffirming the creation order of the home in which the husband leads in a relationship of equals. It is a reminder to Eve that she is to follow her husband's leadership. Here is my loose fair, here this is what Kay Daigle says. Here is my loose paraphrase of what God is saying to Adam and Eve. You got out of my design for order in your home and you made a mess. Even though you, Eve, want to run things, remember that your husband is the leader and you are to work with him rather than apart from him. So in that again, you are to be working together with your husband, but he is still to lead you. Not to run over you, not to mistreat you, come in, not to do any of those things concerning it. He is not to do that. Hold on, sit right there in that chair. Jacob, slide over. Yes, please. So what happens is we find ourselves broken. We find ourselves hurt. We find ourselves disappointed. We find ourselves as if we're not a part. We find ourselves um, feeling like we've been rejected. We find ourselves not understanding. We find ourselves confused. We find ourselves in drama. We find ourselves in so many places other than the place of a wife that we're supposed to be in. Because if we would have been in the word of God and been in the line of the word of God, then we wouldn't have to go through so much we have to go through. But if we don't 
trust God enough concerning our husband, then we got to take that to God because we sometimes got to got to take the word and bring it back to God and say, okay, God, your word says that I am to allow my husband to lead me and to protect the family and to provide for the family. But my husband can't even keep a job. He can't even handle money. My husband is spending money on foolish things on these quick these quick uh these quick schemes and all this other stuff and we got we, we ain't got no food in the house god the children ain't being taken care of they don't have no clothes for school i need soap powder to wash i need you know i need all these things and you want me to leave you want me to follow my husband but my my husband ain't even following you my husband ain't even doing what you even required him to do in the beginning he was giving me money in the beginning he was taking me shopping in the beginning the kids didn't need anything in the beginning there was something i had to ask for anything but now that we're married i'm just like okay how do i do what's really going on what is really happening, God? You said if I did this, then this would happen. But this is what this is not happening, and I don't understand what's going on. That's when you you are having a conversation with the Lord. You are taking it to God in prayer. You're not taking it out there to the street. You're not taking it out there to to to, to mom and them. You're not taking it out there to those who are not even married that can even give you the right advice. And you're not taking it to those who've been married fifty times. You got to trust God. And then you got to ask God to send you somebody that can give you the right advice, that can walk you through, that will pray with you, that will pray for you, that will work you work with you in your marriage and show you what all you need to do. So that way you won't find yourself doing it by yourself. You won't find yourself feeling like you're doing it all alone. You'll have somebody with you helping you, pushing you to stay even in the stay sane. Because you're now in a place feeling like you're about to lose your mind, right? So, listen. So, again, when we read Ephesians 5 and 22, let's just go there. Let's just go there to Ephesians 5 and 22. And while y'all going to Ephesians 5 and 22, when y'all get there, let me know that you're there. So, if I let me see your book. Right, quick. That's your paragraph? Give me a second, you guys. One moment from school that happened on the first day of school. The first day of school was very weird for me. And probably for some other people, it was weird for me because I barely knew any of my teachers, my students, except some of my friends and more. So we didn't have any homework that day. It was just me and the teachers learning our names, our students. But now we are seven months in school and we are getting homework. And now everything is much more harder. But that's how I learned, period. Okay, send it. Hit send. Send it. And then I'll give you the rest of your work. Okay, that's fine. You need to do, um... How much do I have one? Like one You've only done two. You got two more. So, I'm sorry, you guys. Like, I gotta do this as well at 638, but I'm almost done. So, just give me, just give me, give me a few more minutes. Y'all don't mind when I do this, do y'all? Y'all don't mind. Some of y'all do, but it's okay. Pray for me and, and just pray for me. Lesson 8. 6A, subunit 2, lesson 8, activity 3. Okay. And after that one, you have one more. Lesson 8, Activity 3. It's not the same. Is that the same lesson of doing the, the, one, the school thing? No, because that was Lesson 8, Activity 5. I said the same lesson. Oh, right. Lesson 8, Activity 3. Go do it. All right. So listen, I have some questions here for you all. And then after the questions, then I need y'all to write these questions. I know some I don't lost some of you. It's fine. It's okay. But listen, I won't, we're going to read Ephesians 5. 
22 through 33. How much time I got? Oh, I got plenty of time. I'm rushing. Lord have mercy. Listen. Let me go here. All right, here we go. So, um, you should have your Bibles. Ephesians 5, 22. And we're going to read through um, 5, 22 through 33. You ready? All right. Ephesians chapter 5, starting at the 22nd verse. And it reads, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything, in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Come in, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blessings. Come in. Students, because like it says at the top, invite two students to choose frame one, two students to choose frame two. That's fine. Read, do what you can do on it. He wouldn't have gave you the assignment if you couldn't do it. That has to have six students. Um, like the first part, it's just. And go to lesson five, activity eight. Lesson five, activity eight. That's what I did. That's what I. You couldn't have done lesson five, Stefan. Oh wait, no, sorry. Right. Lesson 5, Activity 8. Oh, Lesson 5. I'll do. Lesson? Okay, I was on the wrong Five. So, Lesson 8, Activity 3. I can't do that. Lesson 5, Activity 8. Lesson 5, Activity 8. Okay, I'm on that. 28 says, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the Lord the church. For we are for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Right? Right, so our lesson says the New Testament reaffirms the same order we just saw in Genesis as God's original design. The word submit or be subject is hypoteso uh, in the Greek. It means to subject oneself, place oneself in submission. As Dr. Zaid Hiatus explains, in society, all humans. All men and women in various positions of leadership or following independence are equal, yet their functions vary and their responsibilities are diverse. God has ordained unity, but the wife is to willingly follow the lead of her husband. So in the beginning, it said to memorize verse 22 as your word of wisdom for this week. So we wives are commanded to do two things in these verses in Ephesians. Three, write down the first command from verse 22, 24, and the second from verse 33. So listen, it says that we ought to write down the first command. The first command in 22 was, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Right? So verse 24 was, 
Therefore, as a church is subject unto Christ, so again, the second command is, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And verse 33, it says, um, the wife, she is to reverence her husband. So three things. Submit to your own husband. Be subject to your own husbands and everything. And reverence your husband. That's three. The second question is, how are we to submit according to verse 22? How can that help you submit? Now those, are who, now, those of you that are on here, okay, and you don't have to do this. I'm just asking if you choose to put it in the comment. I may see it. I may not. But I can always go back and look at it. But that's a question. How are we to submit according to verse 22? How can that help you submit? So verse 22 says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband. So name some things. Um, submit. Listening. That's one. Just listening. Just listening. That's one, right? And I'll put listening. There's others, but I want to I want to see y'all participate. How can you how can that help submit? I put listening. So how can listening help me submit to my own husband by paying attention, by letting him know that um, what he is saying is important? But let him know that I am I'm, I'm willing to listen to whatever he's bringing. So submitting to listening. So submit. How am I going to submit? I'm going to listen to what you have to say. Right? So the third question is, in what areas are we to submit according to verse 24? 24 says, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So, how can, so in what areas are we are we to submit according to verse 24? The fourth question, and this is to married women, and she has she has a question to married women, and she has a question to single women. Right? So, so, all right. So, to married women, how can you better fulfill the second command that you found in verse 33 than you are at present? So, verse 33 says, um, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So, when, so married women, how can you better fulfill the second command that you found in verse 33 than you are at the present? Are you respecting your husband? That's a question. I'm going to ask that question. Wives, are you respecting your husbands right now at this present time that's a question there's a question wives are you respecting your husbands right now at this present time that's to the wives. How can you better fulfill the second command that you found in 33 than you are at the present? So, if the question, if that statement says, see that you reverence your husband, it says, see that you do that. 
That means see that you honor him. See that you respect him. See that you're, you're, you're leading by his lead, right? So to the single women, let me put this in here. To the single women, to the single women, think of a specific way in which a wife obeys this. Think of a way, a specific way in which a wife obeys this. There. That's the next question for the single ladies. Right there. Single women. Think of a specific way in which a wife obeys this. <laughs> I know some of you are like, uh, I know a wife who don't obey nothing her husband say. So, um, the fifth question is, we saw last week that the husband's flat the husband slash wife relationship pictures the relationship of Christ and his church for the world which was written in Ephesians 5 and 25 5 and 29 and 5 and 32 come in so what sit right there so what are you as a believing woman doing when you submit to your husband that's a question so what are you doing as a believing woman so what are you doing as a believing woman so so what are you as sorry so what are you as a believing woman doing when you Submit to your husband. That's a question. There's the question. So what are you as a believing woman doing when you submit to your husband? Do y'all understand that question? Do y'all understand that word believing? Because when you are a believer, that means you are a Christian woman. You're following the word of God. And so that you're listening to what the word of God is saying. And not what the world of man is doing. So, what are you as a believing woman doing when you submit to your husband? What are you doing? So, these verses reveal God's purpose for marriage as missional. As we lovingly relate in unity as husband and wife... We not only grow more like Christ personally, but we also become missionaries to a world starving to see relationship work. Submission does not imply inferiority or subordination. Our next question says, how does Philippians 2, 3-8 prove this statement? What attitudes are necessary in order to overcome selfishness according to this passage? Right? And so that's where... We, we stop right there. So let me go to Philippians. 
so that I can read that to some of you who don't know what it is. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, starting at the third verse. And I'm going to read down to 8. So again, let me write that in here. Philippians. Philippians 2, 3 through 8. There. Philippians 2 through 8. Okay, it reads, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And verse 8 says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now listen. Listen to this. Selfish ambition, which is vainglory, can ruin a church, but true humility can build it. Selfish ambition can ruin a marriage. Selfish ambition can ruin a wife. Selfish ambition can ruin a husband. Are you humble? Do you have a spirit of humility? Being humble, meaning lowliness of mind, means having a true perspective on yourselves. Do you have a true perspective on yourself you need to know this it does not mean that you should put yourself down it does not mean you put others down but 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 before god but before god we are sinners saved only by god's grace but we are saved and therefore have great worth in god's kingdom we are to lay aside selfishness we are to lay aside treating others as if they are nothing. So we are to lay aside selfishness. We are to lay aside vainglory. We are to lay aside selfish ambitions. But I lost my place. But <laughs> Y'all lost my place. Hold on. So here you go. Before God, we are sinners saved only by God's grace. But we are saved and therefore have great worth in God's kingdom. We are to lay aside selfishness, treating others with respect and common courtesy. Considering others' interests as more important than our own links, us with Christ, who was a true example of humility. So if Jesus came and he has humility, then why do we feel like we can't be humble? Why do we feel like we can't use humility? Sit that up, Stefan, set it up. Why do we feel like we can't use humility? Why do we feel like 
Stop rocking in the chair. Why is that? Why is it that we got to be selfish? Why is it that we can't be the wives that God created us to be? We need to go back to his original design. Right? Listen to this. Listen. Listen to this. With so many different backgrounds concerning marriages, culture, different people, different gifts. Among those members, we must be unified. Husband and wife, you're no longer two, you're one. You can't live separate lives. Although there is no evidence of widespread division in the church, its unity had to be safeguarded. Our unity within ourselves have to be safeguarded. So Paul wrote this to encourage all of us to guard against any selfishness, any prejudices, or any jealousy or envy or strife or contention that might lead to dissension. So we must show genuine interest in our spouse in a positive way and, and so that we can give a positive step forward in maintaining unity with our spouse, with our husband. But why is it we can't do that? Why is it that it's always got to be about what we want and not about what we need? We're always worried about what we, what, here, let me say it like this, the I statement. I want this. I want to go. I want to do. But why is it that we can't have, we can't do, we can't go, we can't get? It's we. Tyler Perry said, this dropped in my spirit. Tyler Perry told his wife, when you get married, you give up, you give up the I for us. And that is a powerful statement. You give up you give up the I for us. You care about my needs. You care about my health. You care about where I am. You care about me altogether. You don't forget about my birthday. Because you got all this other stuff going on and you're so worried about your career and you're so worried about what you have going on and you forget about me. You're not in this marriage by yourself. You have a whole husband that loves you and wants this marriage to work, but it's always it's always about you. And I'm not saying that it can't be about you, but when you start making it about both of you, then it can be about you. But if it's but if you're selfish and you want it to be all about you and not an us, it'll never be about you. It won't. You got to have a humble spirit. You got to be able to submit. Listen, let me help you out, wives. In Ephesians 5 and 21, let me just go ahead and help you out right quick. In Ephesians 5 and 21, it says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So both of you are to walk together in an agreement in unity when it comes to submitting to one another for the fear of the Lord. You don't make decisions on your own. You don't make choices on your own. You don't think about only yourself. You think about your husband. You think about your wife. When you go out here and you're about to do something, you don't leave your husband out. You don't leave your wife out. So we go, we go into these marriages wrong. We go into these marriages with a, with, with a one-track mind. You, we go into these marriages, it's all about me and what I want. And y'all know we all heard it, what his is mine, what's mine is mine. No. Yes, we all, we've all I've said it. What's mine is mine, what's his is mine. No. What's mine is his, what his is mine. We are equal in this marriage, but he's still the head of the household. 
we still walk together in unity. We still walk together on one accord. We're still together. We make decisions together. Now, in the beginning, we did not do that. So let me tell y'all something right now. In the beginning, I was not a submissive wife. In the beginning, it was all about me. In the beginning, it was nothing as was never about him. In the beginning, I was selfish. In the beginning, you're going to do this or I'm not going to do that. If you can't do this, then I'm going to hold back this. In the beginning, the first 10 years of our marriage, we were it was hell. Y'all have heard this story before. I'm not going to go back through all of it, but it's, 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 I, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done right there. Tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to go right, we're going to go farther into this. Amen. Tomorrow we're going, we're going farther into this. I thank you all for tuning in, but I wanted to let you know, humility will bring submission. I want to write that. Humility, humility will bring submission. Humility will bring submission. Humility will bring submission. It will. Amen. You got to believe that. You got to believe that it's, it's, it's not all about you. Amen. So if it's God's will, I'll be on here again on tomorrow. God bless you all. I thank you all for tuning in. Continue to pray for me as I continue to pray for you. Know that I love you, but God loves you more. We're in this thing together. For some of you that might just watching for the first time, I'm coming from here. God's design for building your marriage. And it's written by Kay Daigle. A study for wise women. And yes, I paid $4.98 for it. Listen, I told y'all the Lord must have knew. Well, no, not must have knew. The Lord knew we were going to be in a pandemic in 2021. And it was going to last for a moment. I was buying books all, all, all since I said since let's see since two let's see since 2007 i was buying books didn't understand why i was buying all of these books hey good to see you on here rose i didn't understand why i was doing all of that but i had no clue but i kept doing it studying getting it down for myself listen i ain't always been in this place i'm trying to help you i'm trying to get y'all to understand i was that evil wife I will cuss my husband out in church, out of church. I'm just saying. Not just him, the leaders, those who came against my children, those who came against him. And I have to tell them, y'all can't talk to him that way. Only I can talk to him that way. And later in life, I realized I could not even talk to him that way. Because we are to respect all of God's children, all of his sons and his daughters. And just because you are married, it does not give you a right to mistreat your husband. And it does not give you a right to mistreat your spouse or your wife. It does not give you the... It, it, just because I'm your wife, I don't have that right to mistreat my husband. Just because you're that husband does not give you a right to mistreat your wife. Especially if you are, if you are a, of the household of faith. We are to treat everybody with love, respect, compassion. Wives, reverence your husbands. Husband, love your wife as you love the church. Period. And we are to respect one another. Literally. We are to respect one another. At the end of the day. So God bless y'all. I love y'all. Continue to pray for me as I continue to pray for you. If it's God's will, I'll be on here again on tomorrow. At 6 o'clock. No. Mm -mm, at 5 o'clock. 
because my boys has soccer practice tomorrow at 6.30. So it won't be from 6 to 7. It will be from 5 to 6. Amen. So God bless you. Know that I love you. Continue to pray for me. If you can send your prayers to that number that I have on the screen. You can inbox me if you have a question. You can inbox me if you have any problems, questions, statements, comments concerning these lessons. Listen, can we reason together? Yes, we can. That's what the word says. Can we come together to reason together? Can we talk about the word of God? I won't debate. I won't justify it. I won't compromise it. I'm going to give you the word of God. So, But if you have a different take and you feel that you've been taught or told differently, you can call my phone that's right here on this page or you can inbox me. We can have a conversation. Amen. So God bless you all and I'll see you on tomorrow if it's God's will. Amen and amen. And thank you for tuning in to when I do turns into I don't. The wows of the vows. This is God's design for your marriage. Amen. Amen.